And we want to just thank the praise team, um, Elder Shonda and Pastor Will, for that wonderful, wonderful time of worship. To God be the glory. We hope you took advantage of that opportunity. Amen. Amen. We want to honor God on this morning again, and we do give honor to our senior pastor, Apostle Willie Talbert, and to our pastor, Dr. Mamie Talbert. We honor the man and woman of God, and I want to thank God for my friend who's here with me on assignment on today, Pastor Wanda Gibson. Amen. She is the pastor of Faith Christian Fellowship Center, so we honor her and thank God for her as well. And to my wonderful husband. Amen. Amen. The man of God in my life. I love him. I love him. To Pastor Hector Foy, we honor you, sir. Amen. We love you. And to all the saints of God, all the people of God, we thank you for being um, on today here on with your Facebook Live, on YouTube, wherever you are, you are tuned in today to hear a word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we want to get right into the word on today. We want you to turn your Bibles, amen, to the scripture. Luke 13, Luke 13, six through nine. Let's go to the word of God on this morning. Amen. When you have it, just put it in there. I got the word. I got the word. Put it in the chat. Amen. I got the word. Hallelujah. Because we should always have our word with us. That's Luke 13, six through nine. Amen. <clears throat> we're going to read from the King James Version on this morning. And we're going to read that together. Amen. You can read where you are and I'm going to read along with you. Amen. And it says, he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of this vineyard, behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. Amen. So is the word of the Lord. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for this opportunity, oh God, to share your word on this morning. We thank you for those that are near and farther hearing this word, but help us to be doers of your word also, God. God, we thank you right now that you will uproot everything that's not like you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind Satan and all his works. We come against his tricks and his tactics, all his ploys in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you right now. We just Praise you in advance for the victory of your word. We think that lives shall be changed, delivered, transformed for the better, oh God. And Father, we lift you up on today and we say yes to your will and yes to your way. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray to God be all the glory. Amen. Amen. We thank God for the reading of his word is already blessed. We want to talk to you on this subject. We want you to put it in the chat on this morning. So we want you to take it personal on today. The word always comes to the preacher first. Hallelujah. But we want you to take this word personal on today because God wants to speak to us on today. Put this in the chat and ask yourself this question. How much dung will it take? Come on, ask yourself that question. How much dung will it take, people of God? The Lord gave me this topic some years ago. It's been a, quite some years ago. And when he first spoke it to me, I had to be, I have to be honest. I was like, okay, God, what is this all about? What is this all about? So when it came in my spirit again um, in this season, I asked God, why? Why now, God? 
And so we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about this on today. And what is this that you want us to get from this, Father? So I'm going to share with with you what the Holy Spirit has poured into me to give you on this day. So how much dung will it take? And today we're gonna to address three points. We're going to talk about a dilemma. We're gonna talk about the man in the middle. And then we're going to finish up on the missing fruit. Amen? The dilemma, the man in the middle, and the missing fruit. But first let's look at what's to play in here, what's in play here. Let's talk about dung for a moment. And you know what dung is, it's manure, it's that stinking stuff, right? It's the stuff nobody wanna step in by accident or on purpose, hallelujah. Dung, but it even has a purpose. Dung is manure, it's fertilizer, it's excrement, it's compost for agriculture. It also reference, has a reference to feces and can be used, as we said, as fertilizer, oh, I love this, soil conditioner. Dung or poop can also be burned as fuel or dried and used for construction. It also has medicinal purposes. In the case of human feces, fecal transplants or fecal um, bacterial therapy are in use. I know some of y'all scrubbing in your seat right now. You're probably like, oh, please, preacher, just stop it. Move on, move on <laughs> and stop talking about it. But it is in the Bible. And that is the problem today. We don't say what's in the Bible. We don't do what's in the Bible. We don't live according to what the Bible says. We pick and choose what we think is right in our own eyes. Amen. But the Holy Spirit wants to get deep down and dirty on today in order to clean us up so we can be all God has ordained us to be. We're talking about dung today. Yes. How much dung will it take? Come on, ask yourself that question. How much will it's going to take for you? How much is it going to take for me? How much dung will it take? Many thought and some were hopeful that by now, post-pandemic, though we've been in this pandemic, we've you know, been going through some things. And some of us had hope, we had thought after all, all we've been through, after all the stuff we have seen, hallelujah, by now, come on, somebody say by now, by now, you would think there has been some attitude adjustment. You would think some changes would have occurred. By now, after God brought us over and allowed us to escape, come on, escape death, escape sickness, illness, and disease, that you would pray a little more. Come on, come on. That you would be able to raise your hand when someone said, somebody shouldn't prompt you, have to push you to raise your hand and tell the Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. By now, we should have a be in a better place with God. Amen. So we want, we come today, we come into the house of the Lord today to share with you, to ask you this question. How much dung will it take? Let's talk about this fig tree for a moment because it symbolizes some things. This fig tree, uh, when you see a fig tree, this can be considered as a sign of enlightenment and discovery of oneself. It is a sign that you need to look into your life, understand the purpose of your existence, and need to make an impact in your life. You know, you always hear people ask you, what's your purpose? What are you here to do? Why are you here on this earth? And this will give you an opportunity to look at yourself. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look around in your house and see who else is looking, but take self inventory on today. The fig tree in the Bible was a common fig tree. It was a ficus carica, and in the most widely is the most widely planted fruit tree in the Bible. And it's often, you're gonna love this, it's often planted with what? Olive trees, which are also long-lived fruit, long-lived plant. 
I thought that was interesting. You know, y'all know I, those who have heard me minister before on olive trees and, and olives, you know, I love to talk about that because you have this fruit sitting right next to a place of crushing, a place where oil can flow if you allow God to do what he wants to do in you. But that's not our lesson today. So what is special about a fig tree? Fig trees are keystone species, species in many rainforests, producing fruit year round that are important for food sources, uh, food sources for thousands of animal species. Fig trees are flowers and their flowers are actually hidden inside the fruit. Isn't that awesome? Which led many cultures to believe that the plant to be flowerless because it was hidden. How many of y'all, God has hidden you? Hallelujah for a season, hallelujah. The three entities in the story all have clear symbolic significance. Let's talk about that. The vineyard owner represents God, the one who rightly expects to see fruit on his tree and who justly decides, decides to destroy it when he finds none. Then you have the gardener or the vineyard keeper who cares for the trees, waters the trees, fertilizes them to bring them to their peak of fruitfulness, represents Jesus, who feeds his people and gives them living water. Somebody say living water, thank you Jesus. The tree itself has two symbolic meanings, the nation of Israel, and it also is individual. Like we have to look at ourselves, amen? And then we have, so, so now we have this, this dilemma, right? We have this dilemma. Houston, we have a problem. Hallelujah. How many know about farming? I know nothing about farming. I don't have a green thumb. Thank God for my husband. He has the plants. He does all that thing. Amen. Or if you consider yourself to have a green thumb, you, we could talk to you too. When you plant something, when you put a seed in the ground, you expect something in return. That's the ROI, your return on your investment. You put something in, you looking for something back. Look, don't get so deep like, oh, I'm just doing this just to help. I'm just doing this to serve. You, you're looking for a return. That's the smart thing. Look for a return. Hallelujah. So here you have the owner of the vineyard checking on his, on his product, on his produce. He's checking to see what's happening with it. He planted fig trees. So he is expecting the tree to yield the fruit. He's expecting that tree to yield what it says it can do. You say you're a fig tree. I want to see some figs. You say you're an apple tree, I want to see some apple, right? He's expecting a harvest. He's expecting to see figs. And as the story unfolds, we see the vineyard owner expressing his disappointment at the fruitless tree. Apparently, he has been coming back and forth, checking to see what was happening with his crop. Yeah, I would too. If I planted something and I want, especially like some collard greens, amen, you plant some cabbage, all those things in your yard, and you want to see something come up. So this was happening for three years, but nothing for three years. Could you imagine that? You waiting all year long for that harvest to come up in your yard and nothing for three years. The three-year period is also significant, I, I found out, because for three years, do you remember John the Baptist? For three years, him and Jesus had been preaching the message of repentance throughout the land, throughout Israel, but the fruit of repentance was not forthcoming. John the Baptist warned the people about the Messiah coming and told them to bring forth fruit fit for repentance because the ax was already laid at the root of the tree. Come on, you can find that in Luke 2, Luke 8 through 9, 3, 8 through 9. But the Jews were offended by this. Don't we get offended? We've been in this series on offense, right? <laughs> this is so timely because we've been in this series on offense. And we'll get offended when somebody calls on our stuff. 
when we're called to the carpet, amen, when we are corrected, hallelujah, when we are rebuked, amen, we get offended. And it's just for our good. It's trying to help us. Hallelujah. For the most part. Amen. So the Jews were offended by this idea they needed to repent. And they rejected their Messiah because he demanded repentance from them. After all, they had revelation from God, right? <laughs> they were the prophets, the scriptures, the covenants, and the adoption. In Romans, you look at that, Romans 9, 4 through 5. They had it all, but they were already runaways. Come on. They had departed from the true faith the true and living God and created a system of works righteousness that was an abomination to God. He as the vineyard owner was perfectly justified in tearing down the tree that had no fruit. The Lord acts was ready, already poised, already in position <laughs> over the root of the tree and it was ready to fall. He had every right as the owner. Come on, if you own a house, you have every right to put up stuff on your wall. You have every right to cut your lawn. You have every right to, to dig a hole in your backyard. Whatever you want to do, you have the right to do as the owner. So that's what God is saying. As the owner, I have the right to do it. However, we see the man in the middle. Come on, somebody thank God for the man in the middle. The gardener pleading here for a little more time. There were a few months before the crucifixion and more miracles to come, especially the incredible miracle of the raising of Lazarus from the dead which would astound many and perhaps cause the Jews to repent. As it turned out, Israel as a nation still did not believe, but individuals certainly did. Think about that thing. We see God do the miraculous. We experience miracle signs and wonders. Wonders. God heals us, delivers us, breakthroughs for our family. But yet still, we doubt God. Yet still, we don't believe. Yet still, we don't give our whole heart to God. Yet still, we don't serve in ministry. Yet still... Come on, how much done will it take? Come on, God is calling, he's pulling on us, he's tugging on us. The man in the middle is trying to negotiate, hallelujah. <laughs> he's trying to say, hey God, give him a little more time. Come on God, they're gonna come, let me try to help him out. And yet still, the compassionate gardener intercedes for more time to water and fertilize the fruitless tree. And the gracious Lord of the vineyard responds in patience. Aren't you glad God's patient with us? <laughs> oh, God, I thank you. God, I'm glad you patient with me. Hallelujah. Because there's been some times where I wasn't. Hallelujah. Even sometimes now, I, I don't listen. Let's be honest with us. Sometimes we so deep. We feel like we are perfect. We got it all together. Not so. We need to be truthful with ourselves. We don't listen always. We don't obey quick enough. We don't move right, right away when God speaks to us. Many of you know, I most of the time quote the scripture every time. One of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land, but you got to be willing. Can't just be obedient. Come on, you got to be willing to be obedient. You can't go fussing and cussing, okay? You have to be willing and obedient to eat the good of the land. Amen, amen. The lesson for the individual is that borrowed time is not permanent. It's borrowed. <laughs> At some point, you got to pay up. Come on, put in the chat, pay up. You got to pay up at some point. God's patience has a limit. In the parable, the vineyard owner grants another year of life to the tree. In the same way, God in his mercy grants us another day. Thank you, Lord. Another hour. Thank you, Lord. Another breath. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Christ stands at the door of each man's heart knocking and seeking to gain entrance. Let him in. Come on. And require repentance from sin. He requires, it's a requirement. 
Repentance is a requirement. Yes, you can't no way to get around it. That's why you have to ask God every day because you don't know what you did. You might have done something you didn't even know. Sins of omission to commission. You may have done, thought, said, moved the wrong way, wore the wrong thing. I don't know. But you need to ask God to forgiveness for forgiveness every day. Don't take it for granted. Don't take the righteous scarcely make it in. Don't take it for granted. He stands at the door knocking. His patience will come to an end and the fruitless, unrepentant individual will be cut down. My God, I'm praying daily for my family. I'm praying daily for them because I don't want to see none of them lost. Sometimes we pray for everybody else. We need to be praying for our family because they need Jesus too. Pray for the ones in your house. Holler, don't be afraid. I walk all through my place and I, I pray in that room, pray in this room, pray in their room, pray in my room because listen, it all belongs to God. Hallelujah. That's why the prophet Isaiah wrote, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy. And to our God, he will freely pardon. Aren't you glad? I thank God for the middle man. Hallelujah, the man in the middle. This man had a fig tree growing and he went to look for some fruit. But as he got closer, sometimes you got to take a closer look. Don't be, don't, don't, don't be, don't be, um, don't be deceived. Don't let it fake you. Don't let it fool you. He took a closer look and he realized there ain't no fruit on that tree. Ain't nothing there. Anytime I can say, anytime you have an investment, come on. You're looking for something. Every now and then you got to go and check on it. Check on the land, the product, the business, your children. Come on, check on your investment. Hallelujah. Sometimes we leave our children to themselves. I don't know why I'm going here, but sometimes we leave our children to themselves. And we say, you know, we say that they're old enough. They'll get it after a while. But God's saying, don't leave them to themselves. Now, if they get older, you may change your parenting style. But at the same time, that don't mean you stop praying. That don't mean you stop speaking the word. That don't mean you stop encouraging them. Use wisdom. Allow God to guide you and lead you. But you have to give them the word. You can't sugarcoat it. You can't pat them on the back and tell them, okay, well, go ahead and do, no, 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 uh-uh. We have to give them the word because we are held responsible. And I don't want their blood on my hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got enough to deal with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say, check on your investment. Because Lord knows we invested, Pastor and I invested in our children. From the day they was, in, even before they was born, while they were in the womb, we were laying hands, praying. So if they act like, if they look like they ain't coming, we know they're coming. Oh, you're going to come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he said the seed of the righteous, come on, shall be delivered. And I believe that with all my heart, that they all will be saved, delivered, and set free. Hallelujah. We're getting excited over here, y'all. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. In verse 7, he said, he said this, to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming here. Year after year for three years, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. You know, I've been taking off time from work. I would stop by on my way to the movies. I would even cancel some just to come and check on this and nothing. I changed my schedule to come and check on my fruit and nothing. So you could understand he was kind of upset. I would too. And you don't know how far he had to travel. Hallelujah. I've been coming for fruit and haven't found any. He said, cut it down. Cut it down. Why should it use up soil? 
Well, he said, well, what's the problem? I'm not wasting my time, my money, energy anymore. Cut it down. But then thank God for the man in the middle. He said, sir, sir, please, please, please wait. Leave it alone for one more year. One more year post-pandemic. Leave them alone for one more year. Hallelujah. Give them one more chance. Hallelujah. I know they've been acting up. I know they're acting like they don't know you. I know they're acting like, you know, they got it all together, that they're not supposed to be doing, there's no purpose for their life. I know, but give them one more year. And I'll dig around it, he said. I'll dig around that fig tree and fertilize it. I'll put some dung up in there. Hallelujah. If it bears fruit next year, all well and good, fine. If it bears fruit in 2022, all well, all good, fine. If not, then cut it down. Now, I know something like, ooh, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. That's harsh right there. But listen, time after time, some of us been in the way time after time, and God is calling us to do work for him. He's calling us to do the assignment. The assignment is greater than us. We can't walk in fear. God's not giving us a spirit of fear. But of what? of power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. He's given us, he's given us that. He said, greater work shall we do. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank God. He says, sir, come on. Give him one more year. Jesus is between us and the Father. Jesus let us know in John 14 and 6 that we come to him, to the Father, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So one way or the other, somebody say one way or the other, hallelujah, you will have to come to Jesus. You're going to have a come to Jesus moment one way or the other. It's up to you how you see him. It's up to you how he responds. It's up to you what you're going to have to deal with. It's up to you, hallelujah. Come on, how much done will it take, people of God? How much done will it take? So when I ask God why, why give this word in this season, God? Why, 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 why? He said, daughter, my people have gotten complacent. Remember I, remember I ministered that? You're too comfortable. <laughs> he brought that up again in my spirit. They done got too comfortable. They have walked away from the path. I had them on. They allowed their surroundings to be sabotaged, to sabotage their growth. They are dependent on others to do what I'm supposed to do. He said, they done got comfortable. They've got complacent. They forgot me. They forgot the miracles that I wrought for them. They forgot how I healed their body, how I turned things around, how I blessed them, how I provided for them. They forgotten. So now I'm here and I'm, they're missing fruit. The fruit is missing. I love fruit. And in particular, I love cherries. I love watermelon. I love strawberries. I love pineapples. I love grapes. I love a lot of fruit, y'all. And if I go to that refrigerator, and my fruit not in there. Listen, Pastor has to tell you there's going to be a problem. I'm turning things upside down like who ate my fruit? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I'm a sharer. But don't eat, don't eat my last of my fruit without asking me. <laughs> Let my fruit be there for me to take the last piece, okay? So we have, to say, we have to say the same thing. There is a problem when there's no fruit. We're supposed to produce fruit. That's what God is requiring us. He's looking for the fruit. He said, I gave them all this time, even in the pandemic, we should be producing fruit. There was things for us to do. There was assignments. God spoke to us. He gave us clarity and direction. Don't tell me he didn't, because I know he did. 
Even for some, I heard it live. <laughs> he gave us clarity and direction, and yet we still sat on the stool of pandemic do nothing. We still sat in our homes with our shades pulled down, saying, God, when? When's my turn? God said, your turn is now. Do what I told you to do. The gardener offered an option. He offered a solution to help the problem. He said, so the spirit of the Lord is offering, that's what he's offering today. He's offering a solution. He's offering the problem to the problem. The stuff you go through is your dung. The chaos, the crazy, that's part of your dung. It's your fertilizer. It is what will cause you to get up and do, to get up and go, to get up and bless God. Because by now, everybody in their home, everybody where you are should have been praising God, should have been giving God glory for this word. Hallelujah. Because it's the grace of God that brought this word on today. Because sometimes we need God to remind us that we have a job to do, that we have an assignment. Hallelujah. And that God has not forgotten us. That manure, that dung, it contains useful components. It contains nutrients. Did you know a fig tree can live up to 200 years? And typically a fig tree will not uh, fruit give fruit until it reaches the age of two years old. Just like us in the body of Christ. We've been in church for a long time. But what are we doing in church? Are we producing anything? Now fig trees start producing in two years. How long you been in church? How long you been with God? How long has it been since your last time you surrendered to God? Now, yes, Lord, we say yes, Lord. Now, are we saying yes to his will, yes to his way? Are we saying yes, Lord? Well, unless you ask me this. We have to be, we have to be ready to do what God has told us to do. There is nothing you can do to speed up the rate of a tree, tree's maturity. But in the body of Christ, we have responsibility. That's why it's important to read our word. That's why it's important to pray. That's why it's important to fast. That's why it's important to put yourself around people of like minds so you're not drifting off. And we did a lesson on that on drifting before. We have to be careful we don't drift away from God because that's the assignment of the enemy. He plays with our mind. And that's the, the first battleground. He gets in that thought process. And then we entertain that mess. And then we allow the enemy to let that fester. And we say, well, they don't need me anyway. Oh, well, I, there's nothing for me to do. Well, I'm not as anointed as she is. I'm not as anointed as he is. Stop it. Stop it. Mm -mm. That's a trick of the enemy. How much dung will it take before you do what God has called you to do? How much dung will it take before you lead someone to Jesus? Now, we had plenty of opportunities to do that all through the pandemic. Come on, how many times before you start running away from your assignment? You know, this is something, and we talk about this, uh, my friend Pastor Juan, we talk this all the time. Why do people run away from their assignment? What, why do we keep going this merry-go-round, this seesaw up and down, you know, around the corner, back again, keep going in circles? That song, keep going in circles, I'm not gonna sing it, but keep going in circles, got me going in circles, why? before we fulfill our purpose. Why is it taking us so long? Why, why this word now? Because there are Christians, followers, that people that know the Lord and they still mean. You're still ungrateful, you're still lying. Come on, I'm gonna tell you how much done will it take? We're still cantankerous, 
We won't stop sleeping around. And listen, wait a minute. Now, for those who are married, don't, don't, you, don't you point fingers. Because that don't mean because you're married, you're not sleeping around. So we have to be clear on that, okay? We won't stop doing those things that are hindering us from fulfilling our purpose, the plan. We won't stop hindering those, doing those things that's hindering us from producing fruit. How much more will it take, people of God? We won't witness. We won't share Jesus. How, many, how can people get to the Father if we won't share Jesus? That's our job. We won't tithe. We won't sow. We won't give to our leaders. We won't bless our leaders. We won't serve. We have allowed our personal stuff to get in the way of producing what God chose for us. Some of you can't seem to shake off the things that continue to bind you. But the Bible tells in Galilee, well, another one of my favorite scriptures, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. When, when we are free, let's be free. Let's stay free. Why go back again? Remember what, the, what it took you through before. Remember all the hell you went through before. Don't go back to that. Hallelujah. When you're free, we're going to see the evidence. Everybody's going to see the evidence. If you're not free, we're going to see the evidence too. What is the evidence? We all know. Come on, the fruit. <laughs> Let's see the fruit. Stop that merry-go-round. Stop going in circles. Get off the Ferris wheel, people of God. Come on. We have to start what God has started in us. To the finish, he will finish it. We have to start it. <laughs> he already started, and he will finish it, but we got to start it. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, whether it's writing the book, starting that business, laying hands on the sick, visiting the sick, whatever, we have to get back to it. Get back to fasting and praying. Make that call. I feel like my spirit, somebody, God told somebody to make a call to somebody. They ain't made it yet. Make the call. Complete the assignment. People of God, we have to produce. We have to stop playing games. We have to stop faking it until we make it. That's not, it doesn't work that way. We can no longer be in one season and out the next. You have to be in or out. You decide. But how much done will it take? There is a season of grace that God will allow. And then he will cut it down and allow you to see someone else do what you were assigned to do. Isn't that messed up? Isn't that messed up? God called you to do a thing, but because you won't move on it, he's going to raise somebody up to let you watch them do it and watch them do it with excellence. Hallelujah. But he's saying, I'm, you, the things you're going through, the stuff you're confronted with, it's not to kill you, it's to fertilize you. It's to grow you. It's to help you. It's to mature you. It's to push you to that place. It's to launch you to that place that I have called you to, saith the Lord. Come on. God is trying to get us to where we need to be. So many of us are so far behind, but God is saying, don't worry today. Don't, don't focus on that today, but get moving now. Don't settle in that thing. Don't waddle in that like, oh God, it's too late. It's not too late, but you got to get moving. You got to hear God and obey. You got to move now. Come on. I keep hearing that. Move now. You got to move now. You got to move now. Come on. Put that in the chat. Put that in the comment. Move now. Encourage somebody. Move now. Call somebody today. Say, move now. Do it now. Get up now. Answer God now. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Move now. I keep hearing that. Because how much dung is it going to take? How much stuff you want to go through before you do what God say do? 
before you produce the fruit that God is calling you to produce, how much will it take? Hallelujah. Somebody may be saying today, well, preacher, I hear what you're saying, but I don't even know Jesus you're talking about. I'm glad you want to know about him. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you asked. Because guess what? Salvation is free. And you can have it today. Hallelujah. So for those of you on today that may not know Jesus, how they may want to get a closer relationship, they may want to understand what it means to produce fruit. What do I have to do for my assignment? What am I ordained for? What is my purpose? All you have to do is repent. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died, that he was born, died, and raised from the dead, giving you life and giving you victory, hallelujah, in this life. So we want to encourage you to write into the ministry, send an email, whatever it is you need to do to get to us, inbox somebody that you know to invite you to this service. Give them a call and let them walk you through the steps of our salvation. Let them walk you through this journey. Because guess what? It's not that hard to, to say yes to Jesus. Now, we're not saying it's all easy and wonderful, smooth transition, but at least you know you got the man in the middle <laughs> on your side. At least you know you have somebody rooting for you, somebody who's going to say, God, give him one more year. God, give him one more chance. Don't let them die in their sin. Don't let them die in their mess. Don't let them die doing what they're doing right now. Come on, give them one more chance, God. Give them another chance to get up out of the bed with Johnny and Susie, They're not their husband or their wife. Give them a chance. Give them a chance to turn their life on you. Give them a chance to do what you called them to do. Give them a chance to write that book. Give them a chance how to start that business. Give them a chance to start that nonprofit. Give them a chance, God. Hallelujah. Give them a chance to make that phone call. Give them a chance. How to bear the fruit that you have called them to bear, to produce. Hallelujah. Come on.